Welcome, everybody, to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast presented by the Rocky Mountain Sports Network. My name is Jacob Burke, your host today, and we got another duo pod today, except we're switching it up a different duo, just like the one different duo we just saw in this last game. I got Ashar Ali with me today. How are you, sir? Doing well. What's up, Nuggets Nation? And man, I am excited to do this pod because that was last night, 113-104 over the Clippers was one of the craziest games I've seen in a long time. I put it up there with one of the best regular season wins that we've had. I know there's been like better performances by people playing, but just considering the context and without Nikola Jokic, man, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. what When you think of last night and you're, and you're thinking like five years from now, you know, telling somebody else the story, kind of like with, um, I don't know if you recall the seven in Utah. Yeah, Utah game, game yep. Yep. How do you think about, or what's the first thing that comes to mind to you when you're thinking about this game and what you tell someone five years from now that's never seen it? Yeah, I mean... I think it goes to show you that most people, myself included, right? When once the you know injury report came out that Jokic with his lower back wasn't going to play, I was like, Nuggets are probably not going to win this game, right? I mean, we'd won seven in a row. We had their number. Clippers were probably thinking, finally, we get the monkey off our back and we'll finally beat Denver, right? So I'm sure. But I think often what happens is that the other team just they get this confidence that oh yeah, the, the Nuggets are going to be undermanned. This should be an easy win. And all of a sudden, the game starts becoming a little competitive. And they're like, oh, you know what? It's not what we thought it was going to be. And confidence is a big thing, right? I mean, if you let if you let a team hang around for a bit, they're going to start to get more and more confident. And then if you make it a fourth quarter game, anything can happen. So, you know, five years from now, I'm going to, you know, look at this game, just like the Utah game just a few years ago, knowing that, look, when the, when the chips are against you, you have nothing to lose. And if you go out there, you play cohesively as a team, Anything can happen. And, uh, you know, I think one of the main things in this game, obviously, between Reggie and DeAndre Jordan, I mean, to say anybody saw that coming, probably wouldn't be lying, right? I mean, um, you know, yeah. DeAndre specifically, because DeAndre has played, you know, played sparingly all year long, right? Garbage time. He hasn't played any meaningful minutes. So to see him and Reggie play together, it was like, you know, it, it was like they were in the LA and Lob City back all over again. I mean, I think they had like four or five lobs to DeAndre where it was just, it's beautiful to watch, right? Beautiful to watch. So, I mean, uh, it's going to be one of the funner games for sure. I mean, I think it's the highlight win of the season so far, especially knowing that not many people, including myself, gave us a chance. But, you know, it was a pleasant surprise. And the fact that we did it on the road where we've been struggling, Jake, all season long, especially over the last, in that last you know, uh, road stint, um, road stint that we had, it was nice to go back and get, uh, you know, especially back to back. It was nice to go in and get that road win. So it was a lot of fun. Just some house cleaning notes here, real quick as well. Nuggets also missing Aaron Gordon, right? We yeah. or, or we immediately think, you know, okay, Jokic is out. We know Murray's been out, but then you throw Aaron Gordon in there, and the only two starters you got are MPJ and KCP. And man, when I saw that. You know, we have three starters out, one of them being Jokic. My first thought that came to mind was, oh, we're probably going to get blown out, lose all expectation, sit back, and I get to watch some rookies play or some younger players get extended minutes. Lo and behold, doesn't happen quite the same way I thought. You know, I was excited to see some more picket um, and extended Watson run. and. The extended Watson run kind of did, but going into the first quarter, yeah, it was just my every play. I'd be looking at the score. I'm like, man, we're still like in this, like somehow. Like Porter can't hit nothing. He's kind of he's a little bit aggressive early, and then fades as the game goes on. And also, you know, Jordan starting was interesting to me right away. Yeah, and it's immediately clear that Reggie Jackson is going to cook in this game, right? For sure. And yeah, 
Sorry, Godric. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I thought you wanted to get something out. But, man, I have never had so much fun watching a non-Nikola Jokic-led Nuggets team play basketball in, like, the last, what, nine years? <laughs> sure. Right? Pretty much since he's been here. I did yeah, like the, the 57 win team. Right. They threw up a stat that I mean Nuggets were seven and fourteen without Jokic, right? So obviously we struggle um if he's not gonna play. But or it's ugly. Just, ugly. <laughs> exactly. I want to touch on a point you made earlier about uh Michael Porter Jr., right? So I'm probably the biggest MPJ fan there is. He's my favorite nugget, the first sugar, right? Um I've liked him since we drafted him. I've always been excited about him. Oh, over but, Jokic? Over Jokic, even. I just, I've always. Oh, man. Loved that's yeah. that's hot. All right, all right. Yeah, I love Jokic, <laughs> obviously. Jokic is an easy pick, but for me, MPJ has always been my wild card. But I, I finally, Jake, I think it's time we have to accept Michael Porter for who he is and who he's not. He's he's great when he has Jokic playing and uh, playing off of Jokic. We know he can be effective. But every time I think that there's an opportunity for Michael Porter Jr. to step up with Jokic out or Murray out with someone meaningful out, unfortunately, he has not stepped up, right? Yesterday was another good example. I mean, if you wanted to set the stage for a guy that said, you know what, we're, we're down Jokic, we're down Gordon, we're down Murray, someone needs to step up, especially on the offensive end. Yesterday was the game to do so. But I think you mentioned earlier, he's just forcing a lot of shots. I mean, he had five points in the first quarter, and then after that, he just – absolutely disappeared and it was the rest of the game he i didn't see any like what i would consider good shots right it was more like hey i'm just gonna launch it no matter what happens just to say you know at least i had some shots because i'm not just gonna sit around anymore but yeah it was i mean to, be, little, to be fair he had lead defenders on him though right he had Kawhi yeah. guarding him and they were focused on him but go ahead no, you're right. You, I, but I think even other games, right? The Detroit game was another example when Jokic got ejected. I thought he would step up and he did. But I think, it, and I'm okay with that, right? Because what I do like about it, with that being said, Malone stuck with him and, you know, late, late in the fourth quarter where he's kept him in the game and he hit the clutch three to pretty much put the game away. That shows that he never lost his confidence. It was a really, really, really pivotal three to really seal the win for us. So, um, okay. He's, it's. I think he still has a lot of learning to do, but it was good to see that he didn't waver in confidence and all stuck with him, which paid dividends. So, yeah, no, I felt that I felt really s- similar to you yesterday during the game. I kind of came to the realization that, and and more, I, I had been thinking about it for a while, but I kind of accepted it more la- watching last night than ever before but i i kind of realized like you know i don't think michael porter is like a like could be a superstar right now right Right? like i've always felt like he has that potential and i kind of just came to the realization of like maybe he isn't going to get better like well he'll get better marginally but maybe this is kind of who he is right and obviously the max contract a lot of people online get pretty upset when he has games like this when he's you know the third highest paid player on the team. But to me, when I really think about Michael Porter now, kind of coming to that realization is he's a really, really good third option. He can be a pretty good second option. For sure. He's a terrible first option. Yeah. And that's yeah. just kind of who he is right now. But, and when people get so mad about the contract, it's like, okay, well, you pay Jokic the big money, obviously, that's your cornerstone. Murray's proven to be able to be the second best player and even the first best player on any given night. If you have to overpay a guy to be one of the best third options in the NBA, like, and you he's not good as a first option, who cares? Right. Like, this is what Michael Porter's good at. And so all these people that are online talking about Michael Porter after this amazing win just need to calm down and realize, like, He's not like a bona fide superstar. That's just not who he is. He can't create his own shot very well just yet. Maybe it'll come. Maybe it won't. If it doesn't, if he plays perfectly as a third option on a championship team and even a fourth option at times, good with me. And what I saw last night over many nights in his career, and this has progressively gotten better, and 
maybe we should stop talking about it soon is despite all that, he still played great defense. Yeah. He was a he was a lead defender. We talk about the night before, and we're not we're kind of glossing over it because of this win, but the night before against the Spurs, he, he oh, started off awesome. guarding Wemby. Yeah. And he yeah. and imagine two years ago or even a year uh yeah, so it'd be two years ago because of his injury, but or even last year. Like, could you imagine like that being his starting assignment and not being worried? But I wasn't worried after right. the first like two possessions. And so he's staying in the game. He's being a mature player and he's just, he's not, maybe his, his first few years, he was, a he almost seemed a little bit better on offense as just like a lone black hole kind of scorer. Yeah. But now he's a much better team player and overall, all-around player despite maybe not going nine for nine and a quarter as much anymore yeah i mean he's i mean the defensive liability that he once was i mean those days have it's passed gone. Right? so yeah. uh, he's passed that i think he's accepted his role on the team and i think he knows obviously he's not the number one or number two option but that doesn't mean he can't be effective out there right i mean he's averaging a career high in their downs he's playing great defense and most importantly Malone's using him down the stretch in the fourth quarter, which we saw a lot of last year. That's where the Bruce Graham went to that, right? And he would pull him like a quarter. So I'm, you know, offensively is not the only thing they can do anymore. There's a lot. And and outside of the Clipper game, I mean, I, I was finally feeling confident and good with him. Slowly looks like he was getting his shot back, right? I mean, he shot really well against the uh, um, Spurs again. Yeah, I think 25 points in that game. So I think he was yep. finally starting to break out of that slump, shooting slump that he had. Uh, not yesterday with standing because I don't think that's a fair assessment without Jokic, but if Michael Porter Jr. can get out of that you know, shooting slump that he had and play the way he's done the last few games, once we get Murray back, um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of the confidence the Nuggets have, a lot of the success coming back. I, I really do. And um, One last thing I'll touch back and we can move on to Michael Porter is there a lot of people, you're right, have been really suspect about his contract and talking negatively about, oh, my God, he's not worth a max player. I mean, he's not a max player. But the way I look at it is, look, Denver's never been a huge free agent destination, right? We're, we're not the Lakers. We're not the big, you know, we're not the big markets where you're going to attract the free agents. So if you can't sign your own, I mean, that imagine there's no way, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, we don't win a championship without Michael Porter Jr., right? And so to me, that justifies the contract because you sign players and you put together a team for the goal of winning a championship. Well, we did that. So to say that that's what that contract is not worth it, I disagree. He, he, he's yeah. earned every penny of that contract because we don't win that championship without him. So people didn't get over it. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, we, he helped get us the championship and he's going to be a pivotal player for years to come here. So, you know, I don't think he's quite hit the ceiling yet. I still think there's another gear that he can step into. Uh, maybe that's a combination of offensively and defensively. But he's he's not just a catch and shoot player anymore. I think that one move against um, San Antonio, who was uh, he, he drove to the basket. He was guarded by Osman, and he had an acrobatic finish over Wimby. Right? That shows yeah, that MJ. He can when he when he wants to, he can be he can use that athleticism drive to the hole and be effective there as well. Yeah, well, moving on from Michael Porter, because we're kind of burying the lead a little bit here, um, would be Reggie Jackson plus DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. They're kind of I, – I think Reggie that was phenomenal in his own right, but they kind of came as a duo. A lot of what DeAndre was doing on the floor enabled Reggie to do what he was doing on the floor as well. So, yeah, to, to start, I mean, 35 and 13 from Reggie Jackson, five rebounds too, which is no small feat either in a game that you don't have Jokic. Uh, if you had told me that stat line for Reggie, I would have been like, You're, what are you smoking? I want some of that. Right. right? That's, that's nuts. And then you get 21, 13, and five from DeAndre. And – he did his best Jokic impression, and it wasn't as efficient or good-looking, but, man, 
he actually showed some passing chops in that game that kind of surprised me a little bit. And I've noticed he's tried to do that before, even in the preseason, but he's ended up with a lot of turnovers. So maybe tonight was just a little more lucky for him on that end. But that Reggie completely just kind of put us on his back and dragged us through that finish line. And it's kind of funny because my wife sent me the Clippers subreddit link after the game. And I was so I was reading all the Clippers fans, you know, seeing that the Nuggets were missing Jokic and the three starters. And everybody was like, oh, Reggie game incoming. Like, oh, Red, this is what Reggie does when superstars yeah. are out. And then and this was all before the game. Right. And so all these people were calling it one even one guy even said like 35 and six from Reggie tonight or whatever. And lo and behold, Reggie Jackson just pulls in probably his best game in the regular season is in his career. For sure. And obviously the totals are kind of crazy, but what really stands out to me is his efficiency. And he only took four three pointers. He went three for four. Yeah. So he was being aggressive, getting to the rim, hit a few mid rangers and ultimately just kind of looked under control and confident and Man, I just I really enjoyed the Reggie experience last night. I'm yeah. glad he's on this team now after being hesitant. And I'm kind of all in on the Reggie experience now. So how are no, you no. Uh, feeling about Reggie? <laughs> I mean, you know, we've talked about it. And Reggie's been one of those that everybody was kind of rolling their eyes when we signed him in the offseason. But he's, I mean, I read again online um, today that, I mean, he put in a ton of work being in Denver this offseason. He didn't go anywhere. He put in the work, right? He's a Colorado kid. But here's a stat that I'm going to throw to Nuggets Nation that I'm, I'm guessing most people have not realized, right? So Reggie Jackson, in the last 10 games, he's averaging 16.5 points, five rebounds, and three assists. Now, you're, you might wonder, what does that mean? To put that in perspective... Jamal Murray was averaging 16 and a half points, seven rebounds, and three assists. So their stats are nearly identical, right, over the last 10 games, which is just amazing. It's, that's, to me, telling me we haven't lost you know, a lot with Murray going down because Reggie Jackson has stepped up into that role, and that gives me hope for when Murray does come back. The, that chemistry between DeAndre and him, I, I hope Malone realizes how good that was. And yesterday's game was not just a fluke. I think they, um, in practice, they probably have that chemistry as well that you don't see, you know, um, behind the scenes. So, you know, it gives me hope knowing that hopefully Malone realizes that between DeAndre, Reggie, Christian, that's three people that he should consistently rely on. And I know he's experimented quite a bit with the rookies and outside of Strother. We may not see, you know, um, we may not see, uh, you know, Zalepsi or even Pritchard for a while now. We'll see. But I, I feel much, much more comfortable knowing that when Murray comes back, I don't, I, I don't think we're going to miss much of a beat with Reggie B, you know, leading that second unit. He's been every, arguably he's probably the best number two point guard in the league right now. I wouldn't want anyone else backing us up. I would push back a little bit on the Murray and, uh, Reggie's stat comparison just because Murray went out that one game that he got hurt in and basically recorded a dud for one of his, what was it, nine games he'd played. So that really yeah. drug his stats way, way down. Um, so, I mean, if, if Murray averages 17 a game this year, I'd be kind of disappointed. I would expect there to be quite a bit of an uptick um, when he comes back, which, by the way, he did get listed as questionable for tomorrow's game against the Rockets, which so is Jokic and Gordon. So maybe he'll be back, maybe he won't be. I think it's definitely day-to-day -day at this point. But going back to your point about hoping Malone sees this combination of Reggie and DeAndre, that's how I felt coming out of it. But it does worry me that, you know, DeAndre is super fresh, right? He hasn't played. You know, he's, he's probably just chilling. He's probably not doing a ton. And I would worry about the deterioration of their 
of his performance over like a larger sample size. Yeah. Uh, you know, despite just one game. So I would like to see DeAndre and Reggie and cause it looked like the biggest thing was their chemistry. Like even if DeAndre's not, you know, hooping as well as he was, he still sets really good screens and then knows Great. where to be on the court. Yeah. And, and you, immediately you could tell because I don't think like Zeke and Reggie have never looked like that. Like even if Reggie had missed all his shots, he's never had that much space to, to operate with the second unit. He kind of has the same amount of space when he's with Jokic, but Jokic tends to float into the middle of the floor. He doesn't like roll hard like DeAndre does. So it's a little bit different, right? But I had never seen Najee and him create that much space together like him and, and DeAndre did. So I would love to see that that backup pairing when, when Murray and Jokic come back. And I would it's tough because they're not gonna give up on Zeke, right? Like just by the nature of his contract that's yeah. coming now, they're not gonna I, I mean Malone might bench Zeke, but if him and the front office are in lockstep, then it would be bad to do that. And I would like to see him at the backup four, but then that means you're pushing one of the other three guys out of the rotation, which you're not pushing Christian Brown out of the rotation. So then if there is no stagger, you're pushing either Strother or Watson out of the rotation. So there's a, and Justin holiday for that matter, we haven't really talked about him too much, but Like he hasn't like done anything spectacular, but he's just been a guy that just knows where to be, does the right things, does the little hustle things, and is solid. And so now you have basically three players that you got to figure out, and four if you could include Najee. Like, where am I going to get them rotation minutes if you were to, you know, move DeAndre into the backup center role? Yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing is, I mean, with Jokic averaging, I think, close to 34 minutes a game. We don't need DeAndre to play a ton of minutes. All. Obviously, 34 minutes yesterday was, was not what you're going to typically get from DeAndre, right? But knowing that if you need to, he proved it. But if you can if you can get DeAndre Jordan to come in and spell Jokic for, I don't know, 8, 10 minutes a game with a combination of even putting Zeke back in if you absolutely have to just to give DeAndre a break, I think I'd be okay with that, right? Um, it's... What's going to be interesting, though, is I think you brought up a good point about um, Holiday, right? So last two games, he's played really well, right? Between his defense, he's hustling, he's in threes, right? That, before the last two games, you know, most, I was wondering, I was like, why did we sign him? Right? Why sign him? Because Malone has to figure out a way. He's a 14th guy. Right. Malone hadn't figured out a way, but I think because of the way the bench is performing, he, he knew that he had to make some changes, and all these play ball. He's taking advantage of those minutes. The question is, can he continue to be consistent and can he continue to remain in the lineup? I think for the next few games, at least, he's earned that right. I think Malone's going to continue to use him. Um, is that long-term? Who knows? We'll see. But so far, he's he's done well that. But it is going to be interesting to see who if, – if, if, if DeAndre gets minutes, you're right. Someone's going to have to take a back seat. Right? It's not going to be Brown. Um, you know, Strother, maybe, but obviously Gillespie and Pickett, they didn't play yesterday, right? So the two of them. Well, yeah, I wouldn't expect either of them to be in any of the rotation because our guards are pretty much set, right? I mean, and you have CB who can play the three or the two. But no, he played one yesterday as well. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I mean, that I think that was more out of necessity because right. Pickett didn't really play well against the Clippers the last time around. And so I think you know, Malone kind of just simplified it a little bit. And I don't think that's really sustainable with Brown in there at one backup. Yeah, well, he agree. wouldn't have to be anyways because he's because he got Reggie. But yeah, I, that pick and roll duo just seemed to have much more punch to it. The defense is probably a little questionable, though, I would say. But when you throw CB and Watson or Strother, because Strother's been playing great on defense, in with those two you really do shore up a lot of weaknesses there too. No, so no. I, I mean, who would, 
I, I really want to see that duo have more run after tonight. Like, that's not a fluke against a Clippers team who has been playing great on defense, have two all-NBA or all-defensive type players. Zubac is not a bad defender by any means. Yeah. And they still completely cooked him with that pick and roll. And DeAndre looked like prime DeAndre Jordan, which is hilarious to say because people forget he's a was one time an all NBA player. But that means he has it up like in his brain, like he he knows how to play at a yeah, high level. It's just whether his body. Yeah. yeah, it's whether his body can handle it, right? So I would really love to see that, but that also, like I said, throws the whole thing for a loop. So I know you've mentioned wanting to see Najee at the four. Yeah. Uh, are you still feeling that way? Because I have some hesitations about his ball handling, his passing. If you put him at the four, I believe he kind of becomes just a, a corner sitter and then doesn't have much more utility to him. Oh, I want to see how he does just because I think – he, you know, he's too undersized to play as center, right? I mean, I know Malone's tried that many, many times before Jordan yesterday, and I'm, I haven't been happy with what he's done at the center position at all. And he's got a big contract now. The fours is more natural spot. You're right; he's not more of a ball handler, but that's okay. I think I'm, I'm okay with that. If he can continue to just, you know, set screens, he's actually a decent shooter, right? I mean, if he gets an open opportunity, he's not a bad shooter, right? And he does cut to the basket, so he can do a lot of the dirty work as well. I just I want to see how he does back under his natural position and see if maybe he can excel there or at least get some of the confidence back because at five, I don't see it, right? I mean, he, he he's not a small guy, but he's undersized at center. So that's it's 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 not his natural spot. I want to at least get an idea of what he can do at playing his natural position and see if he can take advantage of those minutes against because he's a pretty big four, right? And most day, on most nights. Play, but yeah, he's kind of a tweener. Yeah, I think he's going to have his way. Yeah, he's he's kind of a tweener. He's kind of between center and power forward to me, at least, because the league yeah. the league has trended small, but somehow he still feels a little bit too small. And but last last night he played great. I thought, like yeah. despite what we're saying, you know, he had eight and seven, and a lot of those. I did he have all offensive rebounds? I'll have to check. Yeah, they, he had seven offensive boards yesterday. Yeah, so all of his boards were offensive boards. and yeah. But that could be great, too. You you can have DeAndre cleaning up the defensive glass and Najee just hustling on offensive glass. It is. You know, yeah. Jordan just needs to get back on defense ultimately, right? So Because he's going to be the slowest guy out there most of the time. But I would love to see Najee in there at the four and Malone to just say, hey, Set flare screens out of the corner and then sit in the corner and shoot three to four threes a game. Like, get your right. rhythm. Let's see if you can be a good floor spacer and a good offensive rebounder. <laughs> you know, be Michael Porter almost in his early years. <laughs> like, just space, shoot when you're open, hustle. He can play good defense, but it still is just a conundrum to me because last night, Watson had a real bounce back game, ends up yeah. closing the game. They put <laughs> last night was so weird because and it would have never happened with Jokic, I don't think. But they closed the game with, I think it was Kawhi at center. And so then they put Watson in there and, and then MPJ's at center. And yeah. I was like, what, what are we watching right now? But he closed great other than blowing, he blowed a layup towards the end. That would have kind of helped seal the deal. And, you know, he's a young player, so I don't really hold it against him. But he made some great defensive plays once again. He played some solid defense on Kawhi, James Harden, just was a ball hawk. And, you know, he didn't take any threes, but he was aggressive towards the rim. And I just – I would hate to bench him for any reason right now because – Yes, he's bad a lot too, but that's he's a young player. And when yes. you see his highs, you gotta you gotta let him work through the mistakes to get to more of those highs that Absolutely. he has. And Absolutely. then it, you know, to me it's between do you play Strother or do you play Watson? Because you gotta pick one if you play DeAndre at the five and Najee at the four at that point. Yeah. 
And and Strahler was great last night too. Space the four wall. He he did a lot of good things, but let's let's kind of stick with Watson for right now and then we can kind of make our decision after yeah. we go over Strother. But yeah, you feel similarly about Watson? Like it's so hard to choose, man. Hundred percent. I mean, people forget he barely played last year, right? I mean, he. I mean, most of the games he was a DNP. I mean, he went went down in G eight for you know, yeah, last year. This was the first year that he's getting any meaningful minutes, and a young player like him, you can, uh, the only way he's going to improve is with in-game experience, right? And that's one of the things that I'm hoping that Malone is going to realize. I'm, I'll give him credit because he's stuck with him right now. Is He's all about confidence is the way I look at him. He's, he, if he knows that, look, I can make mistakes and I'm not going to get you know pulled out of the game or I'm not going to get you know benched the next game, I think that helps him. Yesterday, um, he and Brown kind of flip-flopped, right? I mean, it's been Christian Brown that's been playing really well off the bench and Peyton was struggling. Well, yesterday, obviously, Brown didn't play great, but Brown Watson did it. And it's the intangibles, right? The things that you don't see in the box score. He contests every shot. I mean, he only had one block, but it feels like he had like four, right? I mean, yeah. the defense down the stretch. But, and again, the fact that Malone used it in this stretch to uh, play the Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I think between... Leonard and Paul George, they were a combined 12 of 39 from the field. It's crazy, right? I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Somehow, it always seems like one of the two has a poor shooting day against the Nuggets. So, uh, we'll take it. But, yeah. You got inside of the backboard, Paul George again, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I think on any given night, Depending on what you need, I think you're going to see um, uh, flip-flops between Watson and um, Strother. If we're struggling scoring and we need some, you know, punch off the bench and we need Strother to come in and make a few threes to get us going, then I can see that. But if we're struggling defensively and you want someone to come in and energize that unit and play some good defense, I can see him going with Watson, right? So they both bring their own unique, you know, strengths to the team. Um, They're different players, right? They're absolutely different players, but – I would expect Malone to go with Watson more than Strother just because Strother's a true rookie. But they're interchangeable, in my opinion, just depending on how the outcome of the game is going. So you think it's on a case-by-case basis who gets to play and who doesn't get to play? Absolutely. Last year in the playoffs against the Suns, I want to say, um, Mike Malone just even made a comment. Even they didn't play it, he said that he wouldn't hesitate to put Watson in if they needed to to guard someone like a Booker or a KD because he has confidence in him, right? So it's it speaks volumes to the potential. I think Malone had a rough season as well. It's just the consistency that we want to see out of him. Yesterday was a good game, you know. Hopefully, he can build on that. Um, I think tomorrow, whenever we play Houston next, but uh, it was encouraging for sure. Yeah, with. With Strother, it's tough because if you put a bench out there with DeAndre at five and teams probably won't respect Najee on his three-point shot right away, teams already don't really respect Christian Brown very much. Right. You kind of need spacing. And when you you throw Watson out there, it's a very defensive supercharged lineup, but you might kind of lose your floor spacing. That may Because you got to realize, too, Reggie and DeAndre played a great two-man game. They had a lot of space. And that's because you had KCP and Michael Porter Jr. on the floor, too. Right. And then Justin Holiday, who's just a smart player, spacing the floor correctly. And they they had similar spacing to what – they probably had a little bit more spacing to what Jokic and Murray have because oftentimes score – like I would say Justin Holiday probably garners a little bit more – uh attention in the corner than aaron gordon would sure but they had a lot of spacing and that's what enabled them to go to the pick and roll too much without a lot of turnovers or just bad shots too so that's what really is a conundrum to me and i wonder i mean i think ultimately to be quite honest i think we're gonna end up being back to zeke Naji at the five eventually whether it's right away or not I think that's just kind of where it transitions again. So yeah. I think I think at that point when you have Watson at the four, you can then play all of them. But and we haven't really, I mean, Justin Holiday too, I feel like deserves a little bit of minutes. So it's it went from being t- uh too many guys not producing enough to 
oh crap now how do we get enough minutes to like keep these guys rolling in the right direction and it's probably just not possible but i did want to mention because we kind of we kind of ignored him a little bit was kcp and the defense he played against paul george in that clippers game amazing the aggressiveness he's had in the last two games even in the spurs game he's kind of some of his scoring i mean he went a little bit cold a little bit he went three for 14 didn't feel like that though i felt like he took good shots he got some open shots and i've just been kind of surprised with kcp's like scoring prowess with gordon and murray being out and then now Jokic being out first uh a game as well yeah i agree i mean I, I, again people that didn't watch the game they look at the box score and they see oh yeah, yeah. you know kcp went three or 14 to have a great game but it's the intangibles the defense like you said on paul george and it's night and night out every game it seems like you know he's playing unbelievable probably the best defense of his career so if he doesn't get consideration for first team all nba defense this year i, I I'd be shocked because he brings it every single night. Um, but again, it goes back to the shooting, right? Porter was three of 13 and Caldwell Pope was three of 14. If you said they were going to shoot three of 13 and three of 14, who would have thought the Nuggets were going to win, right? I mean, that just goes to show you that maybe we actually have a good problem that Malone has to figure out in terms of, all right, I'm finally starting to see some production some, from some folks that I haven't used in the past. He may have a good problem going for him in terms of, all right, who do I choose or who do I play on any given night? Yeah, and we got to always remember, too, we caught him on a high. They're all young players and rookies, so we're going to have highs and lows. We're going to be right back to, you know, our four and five on the road that we lost from lack of bench production. We're going to have those nights again for sure, and there's going to be a lot of them, too, but – Man, what a just fun game in general. And, yeah, just flowers to both Reggie and, and DeAndre. And, man, I, I just hope they get another shot at kind of seeing if they can create, you know, 30% of what they created tonight, right? You don't need a lot. Right. So, yeah, and, and not put anybody on the outs, too, while doing that. So, It'll be interesting to see coming up in this Rockets game whether we're going to get all of the starters back because they're all questionable or one or two and then what the combination of that is because that's also going to like completely change the lineups again until we're back to the norm, which would probably be a few days. I think if Jokic's back is hurting, that's something you just got to be real careful with and just take your time with them on. and. It is yeah. a little bit tough because you got the Rockets coming up here. And with the Rockets, we have already dropped. Uh, did we lose Dude. the first game? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. So if it comes down to any tiebreakers as we go, because it's a little early, so we're not thinking about it. But if the Rockets sustain their success and it comes down to the towards the end of the season and we're fighting for seeding, it, it's going to be tough to say we lost – that matchup entirely so it's also then tough to rest Jokic in that scenario but before we kind of look at the Rockets game here is there any other things you want to talk about with the Clippers and the Reggie DeAndre show yeah just one final comment um it it wasn't a coincidence to see that you know Bones Highland still didn't play yesterday right so (laughs) for everything that you know he wanted to get out of Denver and wanted to change the scene and all that stuff I mean, he can't even crack the Clippers' rotation right now. So, again, just go to prove the grass isn't always greener, right? And you would think that going up against your former team, you're going to be up for it, but he still couldn't even get in yesterday. So, you know, I don't know. what I'm not going to say much about it other than, look, he, he, he made his choice. He's with the Clippers now. I think there's, I've heard rumors they want to trade and get rid of him because he's not in the rotation whatsoever. But um, I just found it interesting that going up against this former team, he still kind of cracked the rotation last night. Yeah, I, I think with Bones, it's more about who's on the team than his actual play at this point. I don't, you know, I because they moved Russell Westbrook to the bench, and 
you got James Harden now, so like, where are you going to kind of get him minutes at this point? Unless you put him on the floor with either of those two, and then your defense suffers sure. a ton. So, yeah, I feel kind of bad for Bones a little bit, only because like, man, he must really regret <laughs> leaving Denver. And if he doesn't, then kudos to him. But if I if I were him, I would have been like, man, why did I screw that up? You know? Yeah. You could have. You could have been part of this team for a long time, won a championship, had time to figure yourself out, but you wanted to go somewhere with two guys rather than one guy, right? Yeah. So exactly. It, yeah, it's it's disappointing. And Bones, I mean, I still think Bones has the star potential in him. Just whether he gets a real big runway. Yeah. Yeah. And Maybe it's better that he's doing it this way versus getting drafted to a terrible team. But we'll see. I'm I Bones is one of those guys I'll keep my eye on throughout his whole career just because of yeah. his impact in Denver. And it'll be interesting to see when it's all said and done what kind of happens. But it comes back to kind of how I think about Porter. Like I always think about what happened, what would have happened if Porter got drafted to the Rockets. Right. Right when they were bad. Would he be a completely different player now? Would he be out of the league because of the injuries and being the star, quote-unquote? Yeah. yeah. Or, or even the Clippers, because the Clippers had back-to-back picks before the Nuggets happened. So they passed on twice. Right. So, oh, man, that would have been a disaster if he, they had drafted Porter, though, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like he went to the perfect situation. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it just worked yeah. out. So, yeah. Oh man, I can't imagine like a Paul George Kawhi Porter lineup. That's just stupid. That's ridiculous. Um, which the Nuggets is too, but in a different way. Yeah. But yeah. Anyways, uh, got the Rockets tomorrow. I'm a little bit nervous just because. Well, one, we don't know who's playing yet. Could be could be Jamal coming back for the the home game. I would expect him to be kind of on a minutes restrictions, kind of the whisperings right now that he's not going to play 35 minutes right away. And Jokic and, and Gordon, we don't really know. The Nuggets training staff is as cryptic as ever. Always. They don't really tell us anything. Uh, but we got day-to-day prognosis, or I should say questionable, which to me is a day-to-day prognosis on these guys. So – I I almost hope everyone's out because then the Rockets might think it might be a letdown game for the Rockets, kind of the same way it was for the Clippers versus if Jokic is in there, they might play really hard. And I don't know if he wants to deal with that right now, but how are you feeling about the Rockets? It's been a really interesting matchup this year. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel if, I think if, Jokic go if Jokic doesn't go, then almost certainly I don't think that they will risk Murray coming back at all. Um, I feel like if Jokic goes and you've lost two to the Rockets, I could see um, Murray coming back. What would be interesting either way though, the Rockets are playing tonight, right? So um they're playing tonight. Oh, play. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're playing Mavericks, I want to say tonight. Um, but either way, they're gonna be on a back-to-back tomorrow coming into Denver. So they're gonna be tired, right? So and I think this is a pride game as well, though. I mean, Jokic is not one of those players that likes to miss games, right? He likes to play. So I think, I, I think Jokic will play tomorrow. Most of the games I've seen, if you look at Jokic um, when he's on the bench, he's been wearing um, he's been wearing a, a heating pad or something on that lower back pretty much all season, right? So I don't know if this was just a lingering injury or if it was more just you know load management because they were coming off of that um, you know San Antonio the other night. I would, I would expect Jokic is going to go. Uh, Murray, like you said, questionable. I think he could come back, and I think it'd be a good game to come back because there is a bench factor to be considered for 0-2 against him. Um, but either way, it's it, it's going to be a good game. Um, I'm really interested to see how they bounce back, knowing that we just got you know absolutely destroyed by Houston last time we went there. It was the Jokic show, right? And besides Jokic, I mean, nobody did anything in the last game. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be a good game. But, again, the fact that they're on the back-to-back and um, it's in Denver this time, it, I expect it to be competitive regardless of who, who's out there. Yeah, I you have that's a really good take about how if Jokic doesn't play, 
Murray probably won't play. Yeah. And I would probably agree with you there that that's probably a good thing. I didn't realize it was a second night of back-to-back for them, and they're playing, you're right, it's Dallas, and it's a in-season game yep. as well. So in-season tournament game. So, uh, yeah, it's a back-to-back. My only thought there, though, is that that's kind of a young team. <laughs> so I don't know how much it really matters to, like, Shingun and them. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, I, th- I feel like Singun would probably still play the same way. Don't know about the other guys. So that just worries me because he's going to be like super physical with Jokic and how he's played the last few games where he just like seems to just get way up for it. So, for sure. uh, yeah, I I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But if we do see everyone sitting again, uh, Jokic, Murray, and Gordon, I wouldn't mind seeing take two of this no, this last exactly. game. It, it probably won't be gr- as great. It'll probably be much more of a struggle, but they might be a little more equipped to deal with the Rockets than they were the the uh, Clippers, right? Just based on personnel. So yeah, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see it that. I mean, if you had the same lineup before and you knew you were playing the Clippers versus the Rockets at home. Most of us would have expected right, if they're going to win a game, it would, have been, it would have been the Houston game, not the Clippers game, right? But they surprised us. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing part two. I don't expect, you know, Reggie to have 35 points and DeAndre to score 21. But people forget, though, um, DeAndre is a good defender. He's a really good defender. I mean, you know, to see Sengun going up against, you know, a physical defender like um, Jordan, you know, it's, It'd be different. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't put it this way, Jake. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't say the Nuggets are doomed if it is part two, right? I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they beat Houston. Do I expect them to win? Probably not. But would it surprise me if they won? No. I can. I, I can see it. Yeah. I mean, I Jordan is a good like one-on-one to post defender. You know, he's obviously not a good switch. Like he's not a switch defender at all. Yes. When they're switching on a guard, and so the only thing there is like if like Fred Van Vliet really spams pick and roll and gets into his mid range package that can kind of give Jordan problems. But around the rim, I, you know he's obviously pretty good. So yeah, it would be kind of funny just to see Singun. You know, is expecting to play Jokic. Just like no, you get big old DeAndre Jordan to this game. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> have to go again. So. It's kind of just like a thorn, probably not as much of a challenge, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I think we might be having a special guest join us here in a moment. Oh, nice. Always good to have special guests. It's not DeAndre, is it? (laughs) I got Mr. Trevor Salzman jumping on. He's just getting off the Broncos Roundup show. How was that show? Oh, it was great. Just and we're doing it three, three times a week, so definitely, uh, definitely yeah. a privilege, you know, to to get to do that with Keith and the guys. They've been great. Um, it's been it's been going great, and now we're starting to get uh people that want a <laughs> merch store and stuff like that. We got that in the comic sessions and that, so we definitely uh, de- people are definitely loving us. That's for sure. <laughs> no, that's cool. I see you changed your hat to a Nuggets yeah. hat. Yeah, <laughs> you got the whole uh, had, setup ready. Yeah, I had the whole uh, had my ruggle hat just put it off to the side and Nuggets hat now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we're just wrapping up here, Trevor. And I'm obviously you wanted to jump on because this was just a real awesome game to watch this last game. So wanted to get your hyped up take before we kind of wrap up things here. And uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so I, you know, I just uh, you know, I just watched this game against the Clippers. I think that's what you guys were discussing. Um, you know, I was uh, just really pleased by uh, Reggie Jackson and his performance. I mean, this is a guy like Jacob. We talked earlier, even before the season, about kind of that Reggie Jackson deal and just, uh, you know, uh, our thoughts on it. I, I think that Denver had a, uh, to give him, uh, you know, a little bit more money just so that he could, they could bring him back. But I think uh, Reggie, just give Reggie Jackson a lot of credit for what he did last season. And, uh, you know, kind of not being a problem in the locker room and, and just coming in this season, working with everybody. Mike Malone has talked about it multiple times, uh, coming in ready to go with, with the rookies and working out. And him and Justin Holiday, too, 
Uh, Justin Holiday, with I thought was huge in this game. I think Justin Holiday being in the rotation, I think it's uh, it's something that I hope that we continue to see because he's a real, I think, a true veteran. One of those kind of steals, and I put it on Twitter, uh, and I think a lot of people agree. Uh, Justin Holiday to me, it, and Reggie Jackson too, are just two guys that are kind of on the market that is a steal. I think for for the for the Nuggets, and just uh, really like seeing that. Obviously, DJ was fantastic. Um, you know, <laughs> I can imagine we see too many more of those games from DJ, but just DJ just being uh, a capable backup, I think goes a long way because Zeke Naji, um, you know, I know we've talked about it in discord a little bit, kind of, kind of seems out of position. So I think uh, it's great to have a, a backup center and the size in there and the veteran presence that DJ brings. So all, all great game. And just, I think it shows something about the Clippers a little bit that they just lost to a team that, uh, that doesn't have three of their starters. So uh, uh, it was fantastic. I loved it and watched the game. I was, I was super hyped after the game. Yeah, the Clippers subreddit is pissed, so you'll have to go back and listen to the what I discovered in there. But right. uh, yeah, I guess I'll ask you the same question because me and Ashar were definitely just talking about it, uh, about whether Malone should give DeAndre a, a backup role for a little bit, you know, kind of try to ride out this two-man game because the chemistry between him and Reggie seemed outstanding, right? So and then we were talking about, okay, well, does Najee go to the four, too, right? I, I mean, did I encapsulate that enough, Ashar? Yeah, no, spot on. Because, I mean, to your point, Trevor, I think Najee's a little bit undersized for the five. So I want to kind of see DeAndre get some of those backup minutes. Um, and, again, we're not – you're not going to ask DeAndre to play 20, 25 minutes a lot tonight, right? But if he can come in for – you know, 8, 10, 12 minutes just to spell Jokic, yeah, I think he can be productive, and I want to see what he and, you know, Zeke at the floor together can do with Reggie getting that second unit. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think DJ, um, you know, they think just having that veteran person that, and that big body in there because DJ offers something that Zeke really hasn't up to this point. And I think, again, Zeke, you know, she's just plus minus rate. That, I think that a lot of that is because he's out of position. And so I've, I've always thought Zeke was better ever before. I think he's throughout his Nuggets career since he's been, he got drafted. Um, I think that he's been better as a four than a backup center um, in the league. So I think, uh, you know, Denver's going to have to make it work, though. They gave him that that contract, and, you know, you definitely can't just sit him for forever. So I think Malone's going to have to play Zeke eventually just because Denver did just give him a big contract. Um, so I think uh, – but I think DJ deserves a playing time, at least for now. I just worry about the wear and tear on his legs and, and stuff like that uh, going forward. But – uh, definitely, I think it, this can get you uh, going, I think, until the, to the trade, trade deadline or the buyout market where you can probably reassess what you want to do with that backup center role. Yeah, the conundrum that we've kind of come to the conclusion of is if you do put DeAndre at the backup center, you move Najee over to the four, then who are you cutting out of the rotation? Because we talked about Justin Holiday, how he's been he's been good. He hasn't been like yeah. great, you know, nothing crazy, yeah. right? But he's been really solid as a as a veteran. You got high upside guys in Watson and Strother. You're not gonna bench Brown. So then so basically you gotta choose between Holiday, Strother, and Watson for that three spot or the two. You know, I think it's kind of interchangeable with the backup unit. And so then it just becomes really tough. Cause like you said, they do gotta play Najee. They're not going to sit them like they might sit them for a week or two, but I had mentioned earlier in the show, Malone and the front office have to be in lockstep. And if he benches Najee after this extension for a really long time, or even like the whole season, that's bad, real bad look. So who are you cutting out of the rotation? If you were to reconfigure the bench to have Reggie, then Jordan and Najee. And then of course, Brown, who's that, who's that fifth guy? Yeah, I'd say uh, it's kind of a toss. But I think Malone's probably going to have to to mix it up from night to night, just because of Peyton Watson. He does have so much upside, but also we've seen it in the Clippers game a little bit. He does still do those rookie things because this is right. This is just a season of expectation. Last year, you just able to kind of sit back and let the veterans kind of learn. And this year, he's starting. To, he's kind of having to play a pivotal role for this team. I think it's. I think Peyton and Justin. You can have that mixture from that tonight on who's on, who's off. Once you get back to a full, healthy team. Um, but you know, again, you, I think that that's the the great thing about being this early on in the season, having this problem early on, is you're able to adjust to that before um, you kind of get into that that to that playoff run and, and everything. You're, you're able, and, and even before that, even before the trade deadline, so you can assess what you need filled and what you need to do, 
you get a good look, long look at your roster to see what you have. Um, and I think, again, some, some nights you may look like this team doesn't have any depth and the bench is a problem. And then, like I said, last night, it does look like this team didn't have a bench problem at all and you have the depth. So and we're just going to see the consistency, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what Malone does because I do think that Zeke does need to play uh, with that contract. And I, and I do agree with you, too, with you, Jacob, that you run into that problem with the front office and Calvin Booth and how he's constructed this roster. You run that in that problem with Malone and how he wants to do things. So I think Malone has adjusted to Booth so far. But I think Malone put his foot down and said, this isn't working. I need to play with my veterans a little bit. And it's working so far. So we'll see how they manage that going forward. It'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. One thing I was going to say, I think it's going to be interesting, is before Murray got hurt, part of the rotation was to basically stagger Murray with that second unit because Malone pretty much wanted to start playing at all times with that second unit. And first one out was Murray, right? So – impact out is he going to continue to take murray out first and then let him stagger with that second unit or is he going to now kind of give more trust to reggie knowing that he's been productive and maybe you know, let reggie play it with um, deandre in that second unit so i don't know it, it, there's there's blessings in disguise when you have injuries right so it's going to be really interesting to see when murray does come back how that ends up you know impacting the overall rotation because again he saw what he was doing before he went out and like i said he was he played with a lot of the bench unit because Mike Malone didn't want to trust just five bench people without any of the starters. So I'm really curious to see what Malone does when he does come back. Yeah, I and we're probably going to wrap it up here. We did go a little bit out of order because Trevor jumped on late. And uh, I know some of this is stuff we already talked about, but just still wanted to get your perspective. But who you got in the next upcoming game against the Rockets? And obviously – you might want to touch on who you think is coming back, if any of them are. Um, so you're talking about just game-wise against the Rockets? Yeah. Yeah, I would say I think Denver takes care of business. I think it's hard to to see this team lose just this much to Houston. I, I give uh, Houston a lot of credit. That's a team that's got a lot of talent, and I think some people kind of threw them under the radar a little bit because they have those rookie guys on those rookie deals that they're able to go out during the, uh, this last offseason and give a fleet big deal and and, and and then bring in Jeff Green, you know, veteran players to help build this young team up. Uh, but I still think that Denver takes care of business. I, As far as Murray coming back, um, you know, it, it's it's hard to say. Um, I think because, again, I want as much as you want Murray back, you want Murray back 100%. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think you – right now, you're already out of the play-in tournament or then season tournament, I should say. So, um, you know, you shouldn't be – there's no reason to really rush him back this game if he's not 100%. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting to see where Jamal's at. Um, probably more of a game time decision, just kind of see how he is. But um, I do think AG would be back. Um, but Murray, it's kind of hard to, to to say right now with Murray. Yeah, Jokic is questionable too. So yeah, I think I think yeah. Jokic will probably play. I think in that one, I think AG and Jokic will play. But Murray is kind of I think I would hold off just <laughs> unless he's a hundred percent. Yeah, and Ashar mentioned earlier too that he would. Uh, not want to see Murray back if Jokic isn't back. Like you would bring them two together. You wouldn't bring Murray back without Jokic. Also. So, yeah, which I agree how much, yeah, yeah. So I just, I just depends on where, where Yoke's at. I think in this, you know, does he feel good enough to go? I would, I, I don't know. I don't know where Yoke, you know, what, where, what his body is right now. Malone's been playing him a lot more lately. And it's kind of a little bit concerning because, um, you know, I know, I know he has to because the bitch has been so bad, but it's just like you got you have to keep your star protected especially this early, you know, on in the season. So it'll be interesting to see where Yoke's at and, and AG too, just, uh, you know, I think, but I think Malone, give him credit. He did set these, uh, you know, Yoke and AG and, uh, you know, and, and let these veterans kind of take over. And he had a great game plan against a, a fully healthy Clippers team. So. Cool. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Houston, Ashar, before I wrap this up? No, I mean, I, I think I agree with Trevor. So with or without Murray, I, you know, I still expect the Nuggets to take care of business at home. Again, it's Houston coming off the back-to-back between with Dallas tonight. I mean, they should take care of business at home, and I expect them to win. Right on. Well, let's go Nuggets. Hopefully it's a win tomorrow night and hell of a game last night. So uh, one that I will stick with me through my many years, just as the seven has. So uh, just another great win, and uh, Reggie Jackson is now Chris Paul. So, uh, <laughs> actually, no, I actually hate Chris Paul, so I regret that <laughs> statement. But 
Anyways, uh, thank you everybody for tuning in to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break podcast presented by the Rocky Mountain Sports Network. We will be back on Thursday, most likely. And if you want to catch any of our other shows or articles, you can visit RockyMountainSN.com and go listen to Trevor on Broncos Roundup along with Keith, who's a great host over there. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And thanks, guys, for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Jacob. Really appreciate it. Thanks all.